Hey, this is Clark. You're listening to the Paleo Hacks Podcast. Welcome back. This week, we got my man Daryl coming on to talk about playing. I know that sounds really broad, and I know it sounds like something maybe kids do, right? You're running around, you're playing. Um, it's actually not what it is, and Daryl's going to go into some misconceptions about play, why we get deconditioned as adults to play less, and how it, what it even is, what it looks like, and how you can incorporate that into your life to just have better mental clarity, better fitness, and not be so bored with exercise. PaleoHacks.com, if you want our archives for all our previous shows, we got killer recipes over there. If you're looking for what's for dinner tonight, look no further. And then, of course, on social media, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them, at PaleoHacks. That's where we're at. If you want to get a hold of me, I am at Clark Dangerous on uh, all the social platforms. That's danger as in, you know, living dangerously. And then O-U-S is how you end that. Primarily most active on YouTube, though. So if you go over to YouTube and just search Clark Danger, I'll pop right up. We got a growing community of personal growth enthusiasts. All right, that is it for announcements. Let's go hear what Daryl has to say on Primal Play. My next guest is founder of Primal Play, owner of Fitness Explorer, and the king of play over in London. Daryl Edwards, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, Daryl, I hear you're bored with exercise, man. Is that is that what the deal is these days? I, I think most of us are bored of exercise, to be honest. Even if we uh, we pretend, we kind of lie to ourselves that we, that we love it. Um, and admittedly, there are periods in, in our life when we, we can kind of fall in love with exercise, but we can just as easily fall out of love with exercise. So for me, I just wanted to find a way of maintaining that love affair for as long as possible yeah, uh, and, and for it to be self-sustainable. And for me, play is, is uh, one method that, uh, that help me, can, can help me realize that. Yeah, it can be uh, daunting going into the gym every day and trying to come up with something to do or like scratch your head or uh, it sucks the fun out of it when it's so rigid and, rigid and structured. So I'm excited to bring you on today and talk about your approach. Um, before we start diving into that, you know, I know you were a, f- a former investment banker, right? Yeah, so I worked within investment banking. I was actually a technologist, a, okay. a computer programmer. And um, I, I wrote systems and supported systems that helped the banks make lots of money. Um, and, and at times lose money, I should say. Not much play over there. But yeah, so, so I, I spent almost two decades in a, a corporate environment and um, when I started to think about my health and, and fitness, I went into, I started to train like an athlete. I started, I had significant performance gains. I was like, this is the way I should train, i.e. I work hard. Uh, I'm in a very competitive environment. I should now take my workouts into the same type of sphere, like ultra competitive. You know, I'm just going to barge anyone out of the way to get what I want out of fitness. Uh, and, you know, the harder you work, the better results you're going to achieve. The downside to that was I, I started getting injured. Uh, there were times I didn't want to go to the gym. And I started to hate the process, even though the results were, were pretty good. It was like, I've just got to put so much hard work in 
to get the results that I want? Um, is there an easier way? Is there a way that I can actually look forward to my, to my workout sessions? So, you know, it, it took several years for me to start questioning my approach and, and, and seeking an alternative way. Okay. And um, so it took several years of discovering it. How did you stumble upon play? What was that transition like? Well, I actually, actually, can you just briefly define what play is for people out there listening, uh, not familiar? Yeah, well, I, I suppose Primer Play, which is what I'm the founder of, is, is a way of incorporating natural functional movement uh, in a play-based format. So in other words, it's kind of, it's really wrapping fun around exercise and fitness um, and ensuring that it's something that we should be doing because it's actually going to be uh, provide purpose for us and provide longevity and, and health. So not just move, not movements that are just for the sake of fitness, but movements that are actually going to provide some benefit, whether that is from fitness uh, and from health and well-being and, uh, and capability, but also you know, to aid in longevity and independence as I get older. Uh, and being able to keep up with my my kids and grandkids, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know that, that's that's what I want from from fitness uh, for the future, and and ultimately it's about it's about having fun. And when you think about when I think about what life was like as a child, you know I didn't often exercise. You know we we went out to play in the summers. It was like you're out from the crack of dawn, you're outdoors. Your parents are like, don't come back until you know dinner's ready. <laughs> amuse yourselves and so physical activity was part of that amusement whatever whatever you did and the only certainty was that if it wasn't fun you didn't bother do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so so physical activity wasn't associated with boredom it wasn't associated with punishment and punitive measures it was associated very much with you know having fun and 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 even if it is kind of rose-colored spectacles, you know what I mean? Looking back going, oh, wasn't life great back in the 70s? You know, in terms of play, in terms of what I did during the summer, in terms of what I did with my friends, that was ultimately fun. Uh, and so Primer Play is about trying to recreate that as an adult, trying to almost contact your inner child again and reawaken your inner child and ensuring that you, when you are engaging in physical activity, it's something that you want to enjoy and something that you want to continue to do, to do. It seems like too, going back to the kids playing and this is kind of what we grew up with. Like I live across the street from a uh, elementary school and you're looking over there, they just built this giant new play structure and you're seeing kids on the monkey bars and they're doing pull-ups and chin-ups and running around. And it kind of looks like a workout. Uh, They're smiling the whole time given that, you know, they don't have, all the responsibilities that we do but when you go to a gym and it it's like you know i go to la fitness and then i see all macho men walking around with the chest pu- chest chest puffed out in like interesting mm-hmm. colored spandex like half on a <laughs> runway half in a bar trying to look for a fight like it's it's a totally different uh <laughs> environment and you're like which one looks more fun i don't know i'd, I'd go over there with the kids um mm. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And I, I, I mean, it, it isn't just about, about being an adult because even as a kid, there are times where when you do apply structure and a regimen to, to physical activity, i.e., you know, you start doing physical, you know, PE, physical education at school, um, there are times when that isn't enjoyable. Uh, and, and so you don't have to be 
and adults surrounded by by lots of testosterone for you to start thinking, is this really what I want to engage in? Um, there are many people of all ages who have fallen out of love with fitness, either because they're picked last for the school team, because they're naturally not a jock, because you know they're being told to do something that it just doesn't resonate with them. Uh, and so as an adult, when you're thinking about your fitness goals or your aesthetics, how you want to look in a particular way, and you, you then have to start thinking about a particular program to follow to achieve those results. Um, sometimes the process isn't important. You know, it's like as long as I achieve my results, that's that's good. But uh, I tell you what, one thing I do remember having one of the you know I had one of the original iPods, one of the first generation Apple iPods. And I remember thinking to myself, running is going to now going to be so much fun because instead of having only fifteen tracks on my uh, mp3 player <laughs> i've now got like a hundred i can put all my favorite tracks in here it's going to be amazing time going for going for my hour hour and a half run it's going to be incredible because i'm going to have all this amazing music to listen to i tell you what as my capacity my ipod increased <laughs> and i started having thousands of songs <laughs> of my favorite songs didn't make my running any more enjoyable do you know what i mean yeah. it was it was an, it was a distraction but it wasn't enough of a distraction and so I, I knew for myself, even though I was, I was convinced that fitness was important, I was convinced that I had to put in a certain amount of time to be healthy, even I couldn't, wasn't jumping up and down for joy every time I started my workout. And so uh, that kind of play out mentality, that looking for opportunities to, to engage in physical fitness, I think is what's important. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like sometimes I'll be walking down the street and I'll be like, oh, there's a bus shelter over there. I, you know, I'll knock out a couple of pull-ups. You know, I, I'll see a friend and I go, "Hey, you you want to get on my you want to get my back or let me give you a fireman carry and I'll go for a run." Or, you know, you, you just start you just start thinking creatively around what you want to do, which is fun, um, and you start attracting people who have a similar mindset, I suppose, in in terms of groups. So yeah, it, it, it's 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 life changing and life enhancing, and you realize it's not just about physical movement. It's about how you approach life, life in general. Right. So the question I was going to ask then is, what is, you mentioned a play out. What does that look like? How do we incorporate play into our day-to-day life? Because I was thinking if you schedule in, okay, at six o'clock tonight, I'm going to go play, it starts becoming more like exercise. So how do you be, I guess I'll let you, I'll leave that open-ended for you to. Yeah, I think, I think the, I think the, 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 you know, the word, the one word answer is opportunity. So it's rather than scheduling a certain time of the day, you know, rather than treating fitness as a hobby, like I, yeah, I need to exercise because I need my 30 minutes a day to achieve the government guidelines for, for physical activity. Rather than thinking about it, of it in that way, it's trying to find as much, many opportunities as you can to engage in really interesting movement. So it can start off as simply as, you know, what's the first thing you do when you get out of bed? Is it make a cup of coffee? Is it try to wake yourself up and invigorate yourself with, with really kind of vigorous movement? You know, so do you jump out of bed? Do you roll out of bed? <laughs> you know, do you, is that what you do to wake yourself up? Um, if you're going for a run, do you just run in a straight line for a few miles, you know, um, be kind of mindlessly? Or do you start appreciating your environment? Do you start seeing the world around you as your gym? And, and that's, a, that's a, the kind of beginning of the process where you realize it's not about the, the time that you put in. Um, it's about the amount of opportunities that you can, 
you can seek out to engage in movement which isn't you know kind of at a, a snail's pace do yeah. you, understand, you understand what i'm saying so so another example is i i live in london we have great public transport occasionally i take the bus uh, and there are times i'll challenge myself by missing the bus and sprinting to the next stop <laughs> racing against the bus and so i've taken a really challenging all-out max effort um, in terms of a sprint but i'd make it fun by you know there's there's people on the bu- bus passengers on the bus are looking at me thinking hey, look at that idiot <laughs> racing <laughs> look at that idiot racing the bus yeah uh, <laughs> you know and it's still it is intense and it's hard work but that sort of playful play-based aspect around hey let me see what i can do against this bus yeah. You know, let, me see what, let me see what I can achieve. What, what challenge can I set for myself? So gamification is everywhere. You know, whether you're wearing a, a, you know, a, a fitness band or you know, some type of watch or device or playing a game for you to do more in terms of a physical activity, take off the gadgets and just create that mindset yourself. Okay. And I think that's the, yeah, that's, the, that's the place to go. So rather than trying to create some sort of program, it's trying to create a, 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 a mindset which allows you to be more playful. So you're looking at different opportunities throughout the day to do um, exercise or to play or do things that are different yeah, than what movements. you do in the gym. I, I, I describe them as movement snacks, actually. Movement so, snacks. So, yeah. So if you if you if you if you look at it as a movement snacks, whereby just a few minutes, a few seconds of like really vigorous activity, you know, taking two stairs at a time, you know, spending more time playing with your kids rather than watching them play. Do you know what, you know what I'm saying? Um, having discussions around, if you are exercising a group, having discussions about what can we do to make this more fun? You know, what, what can we do to actually make this really engaging? Uh, that's, what it's, that's what it's about. And uh, yeah. Okay. What are some of your go-to movement snacks when people say, all right, Daryl, I'm ready to start playing. I don't know what to do. What do you recommend? Um, I'd either one look for, you know, there's something called a play history, which is, you know, kind of going back in time and, and usually to your childhood when you, you, you can think of a time where you were playing a, t- a particular type of game. And there were certain games which are universal, tag or catch or it is being one of them. So, you know, if you're with a few friends, it might be a case of, hey, let's just play, let's just play tag. And what you'll find very quickly <laughs> is how tiring that game is, how, you know, it's kind of high intensity interval training encapsulated within a, within a game. Uh, and you've got to stay focused. You've got to think about precision and accuracy. And, you know, you, it's multi, multi-directional uh, and varied intensity. So thinking of a game, a childhood game would be one, would be one approach. If you're by yourself, then it might just be taking something fairly conventional like a pull-up, say, and instead of doing a pull-up, maybe go to a park, find a tree, and climb a tree. You know, rather than jumping, you know, onto a box, maybe, you know, maybe jumping on and off a bench. You know, maybe rather than going for a walk, maybe spending some time on all fours crawling. You know, so some of it is going to definitely challenge convention. Um, some of it will make you feel uncomfortable with your, amongst your peer groups or, or with the complete strangers. But I find, you know, sev- spending several years doing this now, people are often intrigued and want to join in. <laughs> you know, they're kind of like, what's that guy training for? You know, what, that, that's what, what's he actually realizing from this? And I think people just notice that 
whatever they're doing, they feel quite imprisoned and sure. restrained by their approach. So the freedom that comes from being fully engaged and fully in the moment um, and, and thinking about flow and mindfulness means who, who cares about what everyone else thinks? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I, I read in a book once um, and it had this challenge of on the topic of like judging yourself less. And the guy said, he recommended, I didn't do this, but he recommended that you go to a really crowded place like a coffee shop, Starbucks or middle of a intersection, not in the street, but on the sidewalk. And you just lie down mm. face up. You just lie down and just see what happens. <laughs> and, and you can't get up and you have to lie there. And he did it. And he said that the surprising thing is that like people don't really care about what you're doing because they're too occupied with what they're doing. And so like when it comes to looking uh, what you would perceive as ridiculous, that's your own judgments. So why not crawl on all fours in uh, London Park or something or sprint to the bus? Like it's if if you're willing to do it, people will judge you a lot less. And what I'm hearing from you, Daryl, is that people want are curious and they want to join in. Yeah, for, for sure. It, it, it's, you know, convention, you know, what's convention today was, was unconventional at some time. Uh, and I suppose there's definitely has, there's been a shift whether it comes to diet or, or fitness, there's been a shift looking at what our ancestors did and what we did even a generation ago and saying, hold on a second, there was something about that which was, which was healthier in principle. And so let's bring some of that back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, not, every, not all our answers um, come from the future, come from the, the progress of the future. Some of our answers come from looking back to the past. Uh, and I suppose this kind of natural, primal, instinctive movement is something that we're, we're losing um, you know, it, it isn't instinctive anymore. You see people, even people going, even people walking. I mean, there are some people who literally almost have lost the ability to walk because it, even walking is too inconvenient. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, give me a, give me a travelator instead because that's hoverboard. what I want to use to Have you seen hoverboards? Hoverboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or hoverboards. Yeah, those or, are my uh, favorite. You know, it's like, uh, um, what's those other devices? The um, Segway? Segways, yeah. So Segways are banned here in the UK. But um, they it, it always, yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. Oh. So hover, hover, those hoverboards are, are banned, segways Whoa. are banned. Um, but yeah, it's, it always strikes me. I, I remember seeing like tour, like the segway tour guides. Yeah, and you know, I'm like, you guys are not going much faster than a brisk walk. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, you know, it's. I can understand it's. It's quite. It must be quite fun to be on right. those devices. But I'm like, imagine if you if you guys just actually walked, how much more you'd be getting out of it how much more you'd notice going from from place a to b so yeah they, it, it's it's easy for us to be lazy uh, and to take advantage of what our environment provides and if that environment provides us a way out i i don't need to expend any energy at all <laughs> any effort at all nine times out of ten that's what we're likely to gravitate towards sure. you know, that's part of our that's part of the human nature like hey conserve energy because we're not sure where our next uh, bout of calories are going to come from so, um, yeah, I, I have to work. Even when I'm on the plane, I spend so much time getting out of my chair and walking up and down. <laughs> I would hate to be uh, next to you, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. You better I take an aisle seat. seat. Always get the aisle seat. This guy yeah. next to me gets up every three minutes. <laughs> yeah, squatting in the, in the gangway. What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's like, 
you know, I, I just recognize it's easy for me to just say, no, nah, I just want to sit on the couch and do nothing. Um, so I've got to just kind of keep myself invigorated. And it's, again, it's that childlike, uh, it's like a childlike nature where there's a time where kids are, are encouraged to move. You know, they want instinctively want to move. They want to explore the world around them. Then parents go, hey, come on, Johnny, come on, stand, walk, come to me, start climbing on me, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then there's a point where we start telling them to stop moving. You know, stay in your high chair, sit down, <laughs> you know, don't move. Uh, you know, it's, it becomes inconvenient for us as parents to have our kids just kind of free roaming. Uh, and we've got to a stage now where we're even uncomfortable having our kids go out and play, you know. So I feel fortunate still being of that generation where, that was still possible. My parents were like, hey, get, get out of the house and, and play. But there's so many parents now who are so concerned about the, the outdoor world, you know, the out, great outdoors, um, that they're just helicopter parenting. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know what the solution is, but uh, I think we, we should be trying to go backwards. I think some technologies really helped uh, play. Like for me, I bought a Fitbit Charge HR and before, um, I was like, ah, Fitbit's kind of unnecessary, but my friend convinced me to buy it. And as soon as I got it, you know, it got honest with the steps I was getting a given day. And it started becoming this challenge to get 10,000 steps. And you get all these badges for it online and you get all these awards and you got your friends on there. So, oh, I can see what Sean's doing and, you know, make sure he's, uh, yeah. he's, he's at the same or above him. And it's really gamification um has increased my play in terms of just walking and it's almost incentivized mm. me to get out and walk more because now i get something for it even if it's a stupid little <laughs> cartoon badge or like yeah, the credibility yeah. of like ooh, i got ten thousand steps this day and it lights up and it buzzes you know and and uh it's it's easy how li- it's the simple things can make like walking which is healthy all that much more fun yeah, that's. I mean, that's a great point. I mean, gamification is really important, but even even there, there's a there's just a significant drop off rate. You know, these devices are. You know, there's a honeymoon period of these devices. So, you know, you're one of the few that are like, yeah, I'm still into this. I'm still monitoring my steps. I'm still quantifying what I'm doing. I'm challenging my friends. But a lot of people who just buy the device, use them for a week or two, and then it's back in there. You know, it's in their drawer, back in the box, not mm. being used. So, you know, I, I think there are some solutions that come from technology for sure, but it doesn't really address the real problem. And, and that problem is usually the activity is just not fascinating enough, especially when we have all these other things to distract us. So, you know, Pokemon Go, for example, is another classic example whereby, you know, there's so many people doing this. I've been reading testimonials of people losing like, you know, 15 kilos, you know, 30, 40 pounds after a month, month of playing Pokemon Go because they're just literally walking for several hours a day, um, <laughs> not paying attention to anything else apart from Pokemon Go. And so, yeah, on superficial, it's like, well, this is amazing. It's encouraging people to be physically active. This has to be a, has to be a good thing. And I kind of agree there are some benefits there. But at the same time, should we be using our creativity to ensure, as an adult, for example, if I go to my local park, you know, there are some parks where I, will get, I could get arrested for using the climbing frames. 
Do you know what I mean? I could be warned by the park police because that equipment is not to be used by adults. And it's like, well, <laughs> why don't we encourage adults to to have a play space in, in the local park? Do you know what I mean? Why, mm-hmm. why just replicate a, a, a local gym? Why don't we actually make it very interesting and engaging so people will actually want to do that sort of stuff in the park? So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence there, really, with, uh, with the tech. Okay. Uh, what other, like, um, do you do classes where you host play meetups? Or what other things can people find to really take a stab at play? Um, do you have any other recommendations for people out there? Um, I mean, go along to my website, <laughs> I suppose. Go along to primalplay.com. I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at the research, the, the, the kind of philosophy and the mindset around, around playing, incorporating that in your life, and the movements that kind of spark, uh, you know, spark that inner, inner child and that, that kind of reawakens that enjoyment of, of movement that we should, all, we should all experience. So, you know, I think it's difficult um, you know, I don't want to kind of overcomplicate this. You know, people just want to be more active than they are. That's just the, the bottom line. You know, we're far too, they're far too sedentary. And most people are aware of what they really enjoy when it comes to movement. That could be going out dancing. That could be going and playing, playing some sport. It could be spending more time playing with your kids or your friends. You know, you, you've, you've got to find that what's enjoyable and justify that time because you're actually going to be getting a significant amount of benefit out of it. Uh, and if you're looking for ideas, there are plenty of those available. My site being, being one resource, my book paleo fitness, uh, kind of explores that as well. Natural movement, instinctive movement, uh, with a, a high, you know, a low threshold, I should say a low threshold of fun. It's like, Hey, let's just do this stuff because it feels good. And you want to continue, want to continue doing it. Yeah. So if it's boring, if it's punishing, it's unlikely you're going to want to sustain an activity for the long haul. You know, as you know yourself, mate, what happens on New Year's Eve every single year? You have a significant majority of the population who decide this year things are going to be different. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I'm going to change my diet. Whatever it is, I'm going to have a new approach to my lifestyle, change career. You know, people make these, they challenge themselves based on New Year's resolution. And then if you survive the first week, usually you're going to pat yourself on the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And if you survive the end, a month, better still. So, you know, I wanted to wake up on the 1st of Jan and say, actually, hold on a second. No, I, I don't need to set any new resolutions. This is a lifelong mission, whether it's my diet, whether it's my approach to fitness, my approach to well-being. You know, this, this has to be um, intri- have intrinsic value whereby I'm not chasing the next best thing. I'm just happy with what, I've, what I'm achieving now and where I am presently. So, yeah, there's, there's you know, it's questionable. All of the approaches in, in fitness and health and diet tend to be about short-term challenges, you know, 30-day, 28-day challenges, which give you that sense of achievement. But then you're like, okay, I've done that now. What, what next? You know, I've hit my 10,000 steps. What next? Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah. So, okay. I'd, again, I don't have the answers for that, <laughs> but, um, but what I, what I can say, if you focus much more on a lifelong journey and, and a lifestyle 
rather than short-term gains, there, there has to be the solution there somewhere. So uh, I want to talk about Paleo from A to Z, uh, the book that you wrote, How to Eat, Live, and Thrive as Nature Intended. Um, I'll let you set it up a little bit. What's, what's the story behind uh, how you wrote it and what the book's about? Yes. So paleo, you know, the gateway for, for me for paleo was the diet. You know, I, I, I transformed my, my eating and, and my health by changing my approach to nutrition. Uh, and that was through the, the paleo diet. And I suppose I started to question the everything ever that I needed to do to be healthy, you know, whether that was my fitness, whether that was my approach to sleep, uh, you know, reducing toxins in the home and, and the like. And I had so many questions that I had to resolve myself, but I was also getting asked by my friends and family and by peers and my clients. It's like, hey, Dal, what about such and such? What about this? What are you, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, and so I almost took all of that experience and bundled it into paleo from A, a to Z um, to create like a user guide to the paleo lifestyle, to create an encyclopedia about the paleo lifestyle. So, you know, I was always, when I first started this journey, it was, it was quite infuriating when you'd read a blog, for example, someone's blog and 50% of the content, you'd be like, I just don't understand these buzzwords. <laughs> you know, um, I just don't understand what these people are talking about. Cause I don't have the knowledge or ex- expertise in that area. So I wanted to write something that was plain English would explain most of these concepts and it was just like a single, a single point of entry where you can go, right, now I understand what this means in plain English. I don't need a PhD to understand these topics. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's like a really complex topic you see out there floating around that maybe either gets overcomplicated or uh, you mentioned buzzwords floating around. And how, how do you end up simplifying it? Do you have any that come to mind? Um. Yeah, I, I, I do remember, I, I, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but I, I think it was Einstein who said, if you can't explain, if you can't explain a topic to a, a five-year-old or a six-year-old um, for them to understand, then you yourself don't understand that topic. Uh, and so that's always been my approach, is to try and make it as simple as possible, as digestible as possible. Because that's where you're hopefully going to have make the most difference, mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes in the paleo world, it can seem quite elitist. You know, you've got to have a certain level of income to afford. You know, you've got to have so much money to afford all this grass-fed beef, or you know, I don't have a, fa- a farmer's market near me, so how am I going to you know get access to my food that I need to eat? And yeah. and so and and so I, and there's judgment if you can't do all that stuff. It's exactly for sure, for sure. And so when I had people who weren't within the typical demographic asking me questions about my lifestyle, um, you know, I recognized that I had to tailor my answer to suit. And then I realized that for most people, that's what they would need to have the most impact. Uh, you know, so if somebody's asking you, well, why shouldn't I drink, I don't know, why shouldn't I drink uh, fizzy drinks? And the first thing I want to talk about is, oh, let's talk about the glycemic index. Let's talk about, you know, blood glucose and insulin and the pancreas. And, and, hey, I've got some amazing research for you to look at. Percentage of macronutrient. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so we, you and I know that even just saying the word carbohydrate, there are some people who don't, you know, oh, isn't, I don't understand. What is a carbohydrate? Or, you know, you're telling me not to have a fizzy drink, but isn't that, isn't that healthy for me? Because it's, it's got really, really good 
you know, lots of vitamins and minerals and really healthy micronutrients in there. You know, it's like, hold, hold on a second. Let's just take it one step back. What are you consuming and why, you know? And so, yeah, so I, I think there, there has to be a, a way to make our message more palatable for wider audience. Uh, and so paleo from A to Z was one way of, of addressing that topic. And I realized that it wasn't just all about food. So, you know, that may be the gateway for people, but what about everything else? Do you know what I'm saying? What, what, you know, <laughs> um, I'm eating well, I'm exercising, but I'm sacrificing my sleep. Why, why can't I be healthy on that basis? You know, um, I'm using cosmetics and toiletries that are highly toxic. Why is that not, why is that going to be of benefit? You know, yeah. what's the research around, around that? So I tried to, I tried to cover as, as many topics as possible. I mean, there's over 500 in that book, um, fairly broad. And then if people want to dial in, dive in, there's, there's a good reference section at the end where they can look at all of the research around that. So I tried to make it evidence-based, written in plain English, um, and the high level of comprehension for people to, to understand exactly what this lifestyle is about. Sure. And I think with going back to the earlier discussion about simplifying things, um, I think it was Einstein, which if you don't know something and you want to sound smart, you just attribute it to Einstein. Um, (laughs) You say he said that, like, if there's a choice between a simple answer and a much more complicated answer, the simple one you should go with, because that's kind of common sense. So Mm -hmm. like, a lot of the times when people are focused on like, okay, how many blueberries can I eat per day exactly? Or how, how many uh, grams of carbs can I have after 7 p.m. because the sun goes down at 6.43 during December 12th in Seattle? <laughs> like mm. th- oftentimes, those are also the people who are getting like five hours of sleep or who can't stop yeah. smoking cigarettes or who yeah, yeah. binge on Ben and Jerry's. Or who mm. like eat Snickers bars and then judge themselves for it, and they're trying to overcompensate with all this complexity, and it's like the yeah, same yeah. cycle of like these deep rooted issues that aren't being addressed. So there's the overcompensation with something r- like the minutia of mm. of what really doesn't matter. Um, yes, yeah, that's a very good. I mean, that's a very good point. It's, you can almost com- become neurotic, uh, and as you say, if you are somebody. When people say to you things like, yeah, yeah, I've been trying this approach, whatever it is, I've been trying this approach and it doesn't work for me. You know, why doesn't it work? And usually it's because they assume that that one, that's a silver bullet. Right. And if you implement this one change in your life, then everything's going to be fine. But as you say, you know, what's the point of having a perfect diet if I'm binge drinking every single night of the week and then complaining why, you know, why have I got a beer belly? Because I'm eating and I'm eating a perfect diet. It's like, well, what else are you doing? Actually, I don't do any exercise, and I'm drinking, yeah. you know, a couple of bottles of wine every night. Bingo, <laughs> you know, it, it's like sometimes it is just down to common sense, not based on, uh, you know, how much research you've done. Because sometimes the research actually distracts you from implementing what you already know. Totally, you know what absolutely. I'm saying? Yeah, especially with yeah. like fitness like, and health and diet. I mean, if you if you're a regular reader of any blog you can find conflicting information that's equally convincing and you're left there like, I don't know, maybe I can or can't eat dairy or maybe I can or can't eat beans or all these rules get stuck in your head. That was a big problem for me is like you don't know who to listen to 
and then you try things and you feel fine, but then you also hear that, oh, it takes three days to even see the effects of the food you ate, so you don't feel fine. And I mean, you can just yeah. get in this cycle of just confusing the hell out of everything and yourself, and it's just a really discouraging place to uh, be stuck in. So that's why, like, you know, with your stuff and playing in your book, I think is important because if you can simplify something and say, let's strip it all down to the core and mm. think about that 20% we're really going to get 80% of our results from, like, th- there we go. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if, if we could be 80%, um, you know, if we can achieve 80% of our optimal health, I think, you know, the world would be a better place. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so uh, um, you know, we're, we're omnivores. We... we you know, we're, we're meant to kind of roll with the punches. We're meant to take advantage of our environment, which means we weren't always designed to make optimal choices because they weren't always available to us. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so we were designed to make the best choices when we could. Uh, and, um, and as you say, I think we, we're just making things far too complex. And as we know, imagine in a, in a generation's time, there's going to be stuff that we're talking about today that we're going to be laughing at going, can you believe those guys in 2016 believe that that was actually going to be really beneficial and helpful? Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> you know, and the, the basics, i.e. don't spend all your time sitting, get up and move, make sure it's a varied intensity, make sure you're eating real wholesome food, you know, try and prepare it yourself. You know, the stuff that's almost been old wives' tales for yeah. generations. If we kind of just did that, you know, sleep when the sun goes down if you can. Don't spend spend all your time on watching TV until one one in the morning and getting up at five a.m. Right. Uh, you know, having drinking loads of coffee just to stay awake. You know, if uh, yeah, it, it's sometimes it's it's remarkably simple. And I, I just I really before I forget this, my mother she um she was diagnosed with type two diabetes, and uh, I remember me saying to myself, right, as soon as I see mom, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to tell her how it is. I'm going to tell her what she needs to do to sort herself out. And she was taking metformin, which, which is, uh, which regulates the blood glucose. And I was like, okay, mom, this is what you need to do. I mean, these are carbs you need to avoid. And she's like, what are you on about carbs? She's like, you know, I'm just, she's like, I'm getting confused now. And I was like, oh, this is how insulin works. And I, I kind of gave her this, this talk about this. And then I realized, you know, when I saw an ex, I was like, oh, mom, how's, how's it going with this new diet? I've been telling you what to eat. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm still not really sure what I should be doing. And I had a bit of a brainwave. And I said to her, I said, mom, I said, this is what you need to do. I mean, just avoid fizzy drinks. Don't, don't, I said, don't have anything fizzy, right? And I said, um, I went, eat less bread. And you're eating far too much bread. I said, don't eat any bread. Just try and, try and get rid of that. And I went, prepare all your meals yourself. That's all I said to her. And within a month, she was off the meds, normalized her blood sugar. She was no longer uh, type 2 diabetic, not even pre-diabetic. Wow. And that was, that was what it took for my mother to make that difference. And, and I saw her at the, we- at the lot just the weekend, and she was in the kitchen preparing stuff. And I was like, wow, this is just how it was when I was a kid. This is the mother that I remember who was always in the kitchen, always preparing food. And she's making like she's making coconut oil from coconuts. Whoa. I mean, I'm talking like old school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Legit. So, yeah, yeah. So she was like, "This is what I was taught from from my grandmother, as in her grand, you know, my great grandmother." She's like, "I was taught how to make this, and now I'm doing it again." And I'm like, "This is incredible." So I didn't need any science. 
I just needed a very simple, you know, kind of planted a seed like, mom, mom, just, just go back to how it was when, when we were kids, you know, how, what was your approach then? What was your approach to eating wholesome food? And she's like, oh yeah, that's simple. I can do that. Yeah, relatable. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah. And I think because she had that success, um, in a sh- very short space of time, she's like, I can run with this now. You know, I don't need a PhD in, in biochemistry to do this. Right. You know, I don't, I don't need to become a nutritionist yeah. <laughs> in, in order to do this. So, um, so yeah, I think simple is best. It's a great story, man. It's a good testimonial mm-hmm. of like the power of simplicity when it goes back to uh, things that are complex. And I think the paleo community, from what I've seen in the emails I get, is very type A, to-do list, check-off, um, educated, super smart some of the smartest people out there um and mm-hmm. that can almost be a shadow the shadow side of that is that you're also a perfectionist so if you're trying to be a perfectionist your diet is going to drive you crazy and <laughs> it's going to make you unhealthy and so yeah, it's yeah. almost like if we, this is bringing it full circle it's almost like if we can loosen up and play more even in terms of diet we would be healthier um, and apply those same concepts you and I were talking about earlier in this call. If we can apply that to our diet and simplify and try and not treat it as such a, I have to do A, B, and C, check, 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 we would get a lot more mm. out of it. Yeah, for, for sure. I, it's, it's, I suppose it's like that the kind of placebo effect, isn't it? If you, you know, imagine you're walking past a store and you go, okay, or a restaurant, and you go, I've got to avoid that restaurant because it's unhealthy for me. And then a time comes when you go, oh, you know, there's just nothing else for me to eat. I'm just going to go and eat that stuff. And I want to post on Facebook how unhealthy my choice was. And I was throwing up, you know, I was really sick for the next few days. Just that level of neuroticism alone is likely to, to cause illness and, and additional stress that, that really is not obviously not helpful. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so, um, so yeah, I think they're, they're you know, we there have there have to be some things in life that we have to avoid that have to be on the no go list for sure. But um, you know, at the same time, life should be pleasurable. You know, some of the healthiest populations on the planet, the blue zones. You know, part of their part of their the philosophy of life is is making sure it's enjoyable. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, making sure it's relaxed, making sure they're reducing stress. So I want my choices within the paleo lifestyle to be a stress. Uh, free as possible that that's you know that's what i want from life daryl edwards primal play my man uh where's the best place to go to get your work you can get paleo a to z on amazon correct yeah amazon any good any good or bad bookstore basically (laughs) so (laughs) wherever you wherever you shop um that's where you'll find you'll find the book my first book published book was called paleo fitness i've also recently um uh, released a book called The Seven Day Introduction to Paleo Fitness, which is in, in several languages. And uh, the best place, my new home is primalplay.com. So you can find out more about me and more about my, my approach and my transition from the corporate world to what I, what I do today, traveling the world, teaching people how to, to enjoy their lives more. I, I should say become your own superhero. And, uh, and in terms of social media, at Fitness Explorer is my is my handle social media handle yeah great primalplay.com daryl edwards thanks for coming on man it was a fun conversation no cheers clark it was a pleasure thank you yeah till next time mr daryl edwards everyone you can get a hold of him and his work at 
primalplay.com. P-R-I-M-A-L-P-L-A-Y.com. A lot of you know, if you're a regular listener to this show, first off, thank you. Uh, we love producing this show for you, but our time has come to an end. We are no longer producing the Paleo Axe podcast. Uh, no bad blood. We're just going our separate ways, doing our own things, and focusing our energy elsewhere. So if you want to get a hold of me and follow what I'm doing, I would love to have you a part of our community of uh, personal growth enthusiasts on YouTube. We got over there. So just search Clark Danger. It'll pop up and you hit subscribe. Or you can go to ClarkDanger.com, hop on the mailing list. Paler Hacks is still going to be cranking out lots of killer great content on all the social platforms. That's at Paleo Hacks. And of course, the home base is PaleoHacks.com. Yes, our archives will remain up and free, so don't worry. Over 100 shows over the past three years um, that we've done over there just for you to love, consume, and re-listen to on iTunes or Stitcher. All right, that's it. Next week, next week we got Reed Davis coming to talk about metabolic chaos. Then the following week, we got Dr. Jack Wolfson talking about uh, cardiology and heart health, how to you know, get healthy and avoid the number one leading cause of death in America. Then the following week, I'm going to do a special show that might, uh, might or might not happen. I haven't actually recorded it yet, so we'll see. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week.